Good morning, and peace be with you. Boy, I love hearing that. I really do. I have some announcements for you to take a look at, and um, oh boy, pastor showed up. Oh no, I have it. Okay. Um, In your bulletin, you will find the following. There is uh, our weekly newsletter here, I guess, so you call it that. And please take a look at that as far as uh, the needs on the right-hand side and the opportunities on the right-hand side. I, I saw a need first was for Easter flowers, so there's uh, two ways that you will be able to donate for Easter flowers. So please take a look at that. As always, we appreciate your uh, generosity in uh, helping us uh, put this together. And um, isn't the cross beautiful when it's all fully adorned? I, that is, I think, one of my many favorite times, but a, a favorite time of mine uh, during the church calendar. We have uh, the Praise Symphony uh, Orchestra. So mark your calendars for April the 14th. Something happens on the 15th, doesn't it? Right? So that ought to be easy to remember. That's tax day. And, uh, but on the 14th, uh, we have a symphony orchestra. So thank you to Liz for putting that together. That's beautiful. Also in your bulletins is a, a note from uh, Ed and Sharon and, uh, of gratefulness. So please take a look at that. We uh, also have a uh, list of events that are coming up, and this isn't in your bulletin, but it is in the narthex on the table, and Karen has been working tirelessly to put together events that you have actually spoken to insofar as it would mean something to you. So to that end, we are going to have um, on March 28th, Uh, from one to two, a uh, topic on dementia, and it's called Dementia 101. Following that, in April, uh, on the 25th, we have a topic of legal and financial planning. We brushed on that a little bit ago um, on an exit strategy. Uh, We have strategies for our retirement, we have strategy, you all, or most of you have already put together a, either a college program or something like that in your retirement, but also a, a, an exit strategy, trusts and so forth for when that day comes, when we do depart from this world. Uh, I think one of the gifts that we can leave those that we love uh, is a plan that is, uh, well, <laughs> It directs what you would like to be done from the service to any assets that you may have. So I would invite you to consider coming on the 25th and and, and bring questions and be prepared to hear. Even if you've already done it, laws do change and uh, you may be missing out on something or your your heirs may be missing out on something. So it's worth coming and I think... uh, Uh, Karen for putting that together and again also on here is April 14th the Praise Symphony Orchestra so please do take a look at that I'm sorry oh yes if you didn't hear that invite 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 friends relatives anybody that might uh, 
benefit from that. And we know that there, we're surrounded by people that in Ken. Very good. For those, it, it, Choice Dollars, Thriving. If you are a member of Thriving, Choice Dollars can be directed to uh, pretty much wherever you want it to go and in, up into including this church. And as Ken mentioned, the deadline is the end of, this, of March, correct? Thank you for bringing that up. So why don't we stand and why don't we prepare our hearts and sing as unto the Lord? Our opening hymn is The Church's One Foundation, found on page 369. Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins, and as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. And by your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. I have to tell you uh, these uh, lessons that I'm reading, the epistles that I've been reading, um, really helped me a lot this week. So we will begin with Jeremiah chapter 26, verses 8 through 15. It can be located in the Pew Bible on page 1217. Before I read that, a little bit of introduction of what I'm reading, so it makes a little more sense, perhaps. You see, Jeremiah, a prophet, was asked by God to deliver a message to his Jewish friends that were captive by the Babylonians. And God told him, Jeremiah, that he needed to do this for him word for word. In other words, God gave him the words to say. It said that God would delay the judgment if they would repent before it was too late. Now we read. But as soon as Jeremiah, Jeremiah finished telling all the people everything the Lord had commanded to him to say, the priests, the prophets, and all the people seized him and said, you must die. Why do you prophesy in the Lord's name that this house will be like Shiloh and the city will be desolate and deserted? All the people then crowded around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard about these things, they went up from the royal palace to the house of the Lord and took their places at the entrance of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then the priests and the prophets said to the officials and all the people, this man should be sentenced to death because he has prophesied against this city. You have heard it with your own ears. Then Jeremiah said to all the officials and to all the people, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city, and this city, all the things that you have heard. Now, reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. 
Then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster he has pronounced against you. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. Be assured, however, that if you put me to death, you will bring the guilt of the innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and on those who live in it. For in truth, the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words you're hearing. We now will look at our insert uh, and we'll be reading Psalms 4, verses 1 through 8. You'll find in your bulletin, Psalm 4, 1 through 8. Read with me responsibly. It starts out saying, Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin when you are in beds. Search your heart and be silent. Offer the sacrifice Sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many of the Lord are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your faith shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. The epistle I'm about to read is from Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 through chapter 4, verse 1. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 1829, 1829. Here, St. Paul was speaking to the Philippians and letting them know that they need to abide and carry on in the true faith in order that they can increase in love. St. Paul uses himself as a model to follow. He says on verse 17, join together in the following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do for, as I have often told you before now and before, before you and now tell you again, even with tears, many, lie, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is, their shame, is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control 
will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Here ends the readings. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Reading this morning is Luke 13, verses 31 through 35. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 1621. At the time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else, for Herod wants to kill you. And he replied, go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow, and the next day. For surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, and I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I need to let you know that over the last few weeks, what joy it has been for me to hear God speak to me through Scripture and through people. What a comfort. Many of you have 
been those people. There's another individual that I'd like to point out. You may or may not have heard of him. I became aware of him about two years ago when uh, uh, my little Texas tornado told me about Chad Bird. Chad Bird is a man who has a two master's degrees that I'm aware of, one from Concordia and one from the Hebrew Union College. And um, he writes prolifically. He is an author. And boy, did he post some things that just God's timing was perfect for all of us to read, but especially for your pastor today. And I am grateful for him. And if by chance he is listening to this podcast, Mr. Bird, thank you very much. You have blessed me, and I pray that it blesses this congregation as well. In an article that he wrote this week, he did talk about the lectionary today, and he talked about Jeremiah. And thank you, Ed, for for, uh, serving that up, because uh, you're right. Uh, Jeremiah... In the scripture here, if we're looking for the background part of that, around 570 B.C., we know that the Babylonians came down and actually conquered and tore down the tabernacle, the the temple, rather, and took many Israelites to Babylon in captivity. And Jeremiah was warning them, that they needed to repent, that they needed to change their ways, and that the time was drawing nigh that it would be too late. If you will, it's like the signs that we see on the road that says the bridge is out. How silly it is to ignore that, especially as we see the massive flooding in and around Nebraska, the middle of our country. That seems silly. Why would I? The bridge is out. I'm going to believe it. And yet, we get signs through Scripture, through the proclamation of the law and the gospel, and we ignore it. Starts at an early age. Don't touch that. It's hot. How many of you touched it? I did. And it was hot, and it hurt, and it, in my family, you know, if your head wasn't screwed on tight, you'd lose that too, right? So he's putting out this warning, and they do not appreciate his words. By the way, they weren't his words. They were whose? God's. He spoke it. Truthfully, in its entirety, and he didn't add nor subtract from it, and yet the people kicked against it. It wasn't his reasoning, it was God's. He was just the messenger, and guess what happened? As I said, 570 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar II came down and just destroyed Jerusalem. Just destroyed it, decimated it. Just like Jesus said later on, not a stone will be on top of another. And it wasn't. And he took his people into captivity for 70 years. 
70 years they were in captivity until a Persian king, Cyrus the Great, came and he conquered the Babylonians. Now we know Jeremiah for some of the comforting things that he wrote to his people by God's word. You know, one of the uh, verses that he writes is, I have, a, have plans for you, plans to have you prosper. A lot of people take that and go, hey, he's going to make me prosper. But what he was promising was that you won't be in captivity forever, that I will deliver you, and you will be my people again. That's the promise that we can use today, not that your bank account is going to overflow. <laughs> Even if you are in disobedience, you know, no, that's, that's not what the point is. But again, we, as fleshly humans, like to take it out of context, pick the parts that we like, and use them to serve our own purposes, to soothe our own hurts, our own shortcomings, our own sin. Jeremiah warns him of that. Flash forward to Jesus' sorrow, and this is the words of Chad Bird, and I like it because Chad, he's an Old Testament theologian. The man knows Scripture. But more than that, he has an ability to make it understandable. He is uh, one of the greatest theologians that I've ever heard speak in today's words that have understanding and meaning to them. And what he says about Luke 13, 31 through 35, he says, Jesus went full on Jeremiah. And if you want to understand that, I would invite you to go and read uh, before and after in Jeremiah today's uh, lectionary readings, because it'll give you a little bit of uh, a context to it. And you'll go, oh, wow, Jesus said that to the Pharisees. Jesus knew what he was doing, and the Pharisees did too. So what happens? The Pharisees at that time, they come to see Jesus, and they say, leave this place and go somewhere else. Because Herod wants to kill you. Now, whether or not it's true, we don't know that Herod wanted to kill him. But we do know this, that the Pharisees thought that Jesus was bad for business. Why? Because he was speaking God's word. How could he not? He was God, the word incarnate, which was opposed to the word that the Pharisees had been given. A great treasure, a great responsibility. They were in charge of God's people to tell them God's word. Don't add anything to it. Don't subtract anything to it. But what did they do? Both. They used it to lord over the people. They used it to serve their own purposes, and it should not be. And so when the word incarnate came along, you heard me say it before, but I can't think of a better description. It was bad for business. It was bad for their control. And that's not why God puts people in places to proclaim his word, to control the people, but to shepherd the people, to teach the people, to keep pointing them to where the truth is, to that cross, that old rugged cross. That is my job as your pastor, to go and to speak God's word and not water it down and not tell you what I think you want to hear or what you don't want to hear. 
Jesus didn't do that. And I'm not Jesus Jr., so don't, please, if you're thinking that, boy, oh, Pastor Ken's thinking awful high of himself. Oh, my gosh, if you only knew. You've heard me say, I keep asking, Abba, Father, you got the right guy? And some of you at times might be saying the same thing too. Well, you know, okay, Lord. But I tell you this, as long as I have breath in my lungs and you continue to have me here at this church, I serve at your will, but I will speak God's truth. You will hear God's truth. And it won't be my opinion, it'll be scriptural. So they tell him to leave and he tells them to tell that fox. Now, I don't know what that means, that fox. I don't think it was an insult, but it, if, if we think about a fox as we know him uh, today, you know, we have sayings like, that's kind of like having the fox guard the chicken coop, right? You've heard that? Are foxes good at guarding chicken coops? But the Pharisees were the foxes guarding the chicken coop. should not be. And Jesus says, the word of God incarnate says, I'm going to keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. Why? Because that is why he came. Jesus identifies himself, reveals himself as a prophet like Jeremiah. He went full on Jeremiah. He also reveals to himself, to not to himself, to us and to the Pharisees that he came, he was born to die. And that he said, I have to go to Jerusalem because a prophet cannot die outside of Jerusalem. And so he is again telling us, telling the Pharisees, telling his disciples and all who hear that he had to go to the cross to complete his mission, whether the Pharisees liked it or whether Herod liked it. He was going to do it. He could do no less. And so we know that he did go up on that cross. He was pinned to it. And he completed his work. I also want to draw your attention to whereupon he talks about, uh, well, excuse me, the, the desolation um, that is, is going to happen. Your house will be desolate. And I believe that came uh, into our uh, reading this morning. The desolation that we understand here uh, from Jeremiah is that their house that they actually were quite proud of, the temple that uh, Solomon had built, was torn down and left desolate. They were sent to captivity, desolation, away from God. Jesus says to those who would hear that you are going to be desolate. And what does he mean by that? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that upon his death on the cross, we know that uh, God tore the curtain down in the temple from top to bottom. That no longer would God be in the house. In fact, to use uh, like Elvis has left the building, God left the building on the day that Jesus was crucified. Why? How? Because he was pinned to the cross. 
And no longer would we go to the tabernacle to meet him there. He wasn't there. It ties into our last uh, two memorial services where we read what Jesus said. There are many houses in my father's. My father, there are many houses. And I go there to prepare one for you. What does he mean? Well, the desolation did come. But Jesus became the tabernacle. Jesus is the house. His church is the house. You are his house where he resides with his Holy Spirit. He tabernacles with you. And for those who believe and those who are baptized and those who have confessed him with their lips as Lord, you are not walking in desolation. Paul reminds us the antithesis of this. He tells us that Uh, Where is your citizenship? He asks us, where is your citizenship? And our citizenship is not here on earth. Our citizenship is in heaven with Christ. And he warns the people there that, uh, that are listening that those who are outside of Christ, their zip code is not a good one. They're on the wrong side of the tracks. For those that do not believe in Christ, they are enemies of God. For those that don't accept the word of God, that say, don't say that, that say, run, you're going to be killed, run. There's going to be consequences. Their zip code is desolation. Paul writes that many live as enemies of God and enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their mindset is on earthly things. Father, forgive us when our God is our stomach and when our minds are set on earthly things and not of things of heaven, when they're not set on your true and infallible word, when we are influenced by what the world says is right rather than what we know is right in your word. Father, forgive us. And he has. He has sent out into the world pastors. He has sent out into the world those that proclaim the law and the gospel. He has given you ears to hear and eyes to see. He has put the Holy Spirit in you through your baptism. And he knows that we're not going to walk perfectly, but he also tells us through Paul and many others that in this baptism, We died a death like his, and we have been resurrected in a resurrection like his. And more than that, we are clothed in his son. And so when he looks at us, he sees his son's righteousness. So, what are we to do with that? What are we to do with that holy sacrament of baptism? What are we to do with this holy sacrament of the altar? We're to share it. We're to invite others to it.
as much or as more as we invite them to come and, and, and learn about things of this world, which are important. But we need to invite them to come to experience things that are of the next world. We are to proclaim the truth unashamedly. And we are to defend those that speak his truth unashamedly. You can see in Christ's exchange that he wasn't mincing words in order to not hurt the Pharisees' feelings or even Herod's. But he didn't say it with a meanness. And nor should anyone from this pulpit speak God's word mean. You need to speak God's truth in love. And if you've ever heard me speak in his word to you and anything less than love, then that should not be, and I need to hear from you. If you hear something from this pulpit that stings, then I would ask you to come and speak to me in private or with elders from this church that we may reason together. It is not my purpose to hurt you, only to feed you on the perfect word of God. In the name of Jesus, amen.
please stand? Let us now confess our faith together with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the Let us pray for the church, the world, and all people according to their needs. Lead your church, O Lord, that she may mightily reflect your light to those in darkness and call the sinner to mend his ways and deeds and believe the gospel. Raise up godly men and women to serve your church and give special blessing to the men set apart for the ministry of your word and sacraments. Lord, in your mercy, give peace, O Lord, to our troubled world where anger, dispute, jealousy, and strife divide. Give unity and goodwill. Bless our president, Congress, and all in authority in this land and in all the nations that they may walk in your ways and serve you for the protection of the weak, the relief of the oppressed, and the defense of your precious gift of life. Lord, in your mercy, guide, O oh Lord, all the places where your people gather to teach and learn. Bless all the schools of our church and our colleges, universities, and seminaries that your word may be the center of all learning and that many may be encouraged to consider church work vocations. Lord, in your mercy, bless, O oh Lord, the mission work of your church 
and the missionaries across the world. Make us each mindful of our own call to give evidence to the hope within us so that family, friends, and even the stranger in our midst may hear the gospel from our lips. Lord, in your mercy. According to your will, O Lord, heal the sick, relieve the suffering, and comfort the grieving, and give peace to the dying. Especially, Father, on our hearts this morning is the terrible tragedies throughout this world, including the one in New Zealand, whereupon 49 innocent people were taken from this world. Father, we know this grieves you. We ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your son to come quickly. We ask, Father, that those who are suffering right now, those that are grieving their loved ones who have left, we ask, Father, that you would sustain them in hope and give them patience and endurance until their healing comes, whether in the restoration of health here or the gift of everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy, heal our pride, O Lord, that you would keep us distant, rather that our pride would keep us distant from your mercy, and renew us body and soul so that we may honor you with all that we are and all that we have. We worship you not as we ought, but as we are able, asking you to accept in Christ our voices of praise and the tithes and offerings of our gifts. Lord, in your mercy, and guard us, O Lord, against heresy and apostasy, lest we receive in vain your word of truth and walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Help us to stand firm against every wind of doctrine and every whim of desire so that we may not be moved from Christ until we proclaim, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Bless, O Lord, our reception of Holy Communion this day that we may eat with faith and in repentance, the blessed food of Christ's flesh for the life of the world and his blood that cleanses us from all sin. And by his holy Eucharist, fill us with rejoicing and longing for the future. You have prepared and the blessed reunion of those who have gone before when finally we shall be united in the marriage supper of the Lamb in his kingdom without end. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, remembering all of your goodness and praying the promises of your word, we commend ourselves and all who, for whom we pray to your merciful care through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, forevermore. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring to us the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. And do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let's now pray together. The prayer that Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Because of what Christ did for all who should believe, and you are amongst those, we do not live in desolation, but we live 
as children of the living God, tabernacling with him on this earth, but living in his presence forever in eternity. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. Come, the table is prepared.
Will you please stand? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is How I Love Jesus. Thank you.